This podcast is made in association with DrunkMummySoberMummy.com and Cuppa.community, the free social network for the sober and sober curious. Oh, the kettle's boiled. Great. Perfect timing. Should we get started then? I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Lucy Good. And this is Sober Awkward. Right, Lucy, over to you. Thanks, Vic. So whatever stage you're at on your sober journey, and Vic and I are at completely different stages, you'll know that life without booze can at times feel, what do you reckon? Awkward. Lucy and I invite you to listen to our podcast where we discuss the realities of sobriety, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the cringingly embarrassing. Our honest and open chats will help you discover what it really means to be sober. Yes, we're here like a dodgy bottle of port from your nan's drink cabinet to take the edge off sobriety. And together we can learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. What's that smell? I don't know. It's very odd, isn't it? It smells a bit poo bum. Alan, what's that smell? Shit. Alan, why does it smell (laughs) shit in here? What is going on? Don't know. <laughs> it's useful information. It's a funny smell. Oh, you better be nice to us today, Alan, and get rid of all the horrible smells because today we're probably going to end up in tears a few times. Don't cry on my microphones. Oh, like, glad he's got sympathy for us. <laughs> empathy. He's full empathy, isn't he, the little guru? Such a gorgeous guy. He is a gorgeous so guy. We do love our Alan. Thoughtful. I know we take the piss out of him, but he does so much for us, doesn't he, Lucy? He does, but I do think he's being serious when he says don't cry on his microphone. Yeah, I so do he I. would be seriously pissed off. There is a chance, listeners, well, we'll get into it, but there is a chance that today is going to be a little bit difficult. And my heart is already filling up with... With remorse. As I speak, remorse. my heart is going really, really fast. I, c- I can't even do it, Lucy. I'm not going to be able to do it already. Oh, no. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm oh, already no. crying and I haven't even started speaking. Oh, God. Oh, shit. <laughs> it actually smells of shit because I've shit my pants. <laughs> because I'm not going to be able to fulfill my role as a host I knew, today. I knew this oh. was going to be a blinding episode. Oh, God. We are how am I going to do this? I, don't, I think you're going to have to read the first bit. Okay, here we go. Today is the last episode of Series 3 of Sober Awkward. You might want to press pause and grab a box of tissues because this is going to be a very difficult episode. I can't do it. Oh, God, this is going to be too hard. Oh, no. I may crumble like a custard cream at various points of the show, so bear with me. Yes, Vic. I may collapse in a heap at some time too. I'm pretty much all cried out this week, uh, but I think there might be some more tears to come um, and maybe Alan might have to give me mouth to mouth. Oh, gosh, I hope not, Lucy, for your sake. Well, if he's lucky. Today, oh, he's just oh, he's just doing a licky lips through the window. Oh, lovely. Yes, today, everybody, I have to share the utterly heartbreaking news that our lovely Lucy will be leaving sober awkward. Yeah, I'm sorry, folks. It is time for me to fly the nest. On this episode, we just wanted to talk openly. God, my voice is going (laughs) stupid. I'm going to sound like a right weirdo on this episode. On this episode, we want to talk (laughs) openly about her reasons why. 
Yes, Vic, as usual, I want to approach this topic with honesty. I want to be fully transparent about why I've chosen to leave because navigating big decisions and confronting awkward situations are both things that all sober people have to face at some point um, without booze. I guess we all face it at some point, but it's doing it without booze, which is key. Mm. And I hope that by sharing my reasons with you, it will help you in your path. Yeah. We thought Lucy might not be able to come in today and do this final episode. But even though she's got loads going on, she's managed to come in and tell us all about it. I'm glad you're here because we wanted to give you a big send off and thank you and give you lots of awkward, slightly sexual cuddles and perhaps lock her in the booth so she can never leave. What with this shitty smell? Yeah, and the slightly <laughs> sexual tension. <laughs> Sounds like my kind of place to hang out. And to think I've got another hour of this. Yeah. I'm so close. I'm so close. so close. Just focus on it. It's Lucy. nearly over. Focus. Just look at my ridiculous, <laughs> sad face for just another 40 minutes and then you can never look at it again. <laughs> There's no way it's going to be 40 minutes. No. Um, look, I also wanted to chat a bit about my sobriety and how I'm moving forward with it and discuss how being open about my journey has helped me understand my own behaviours. Yes, I think perhaps Alan's going to have a bit of an editing job on after this because I'm crumbling like that biscuit already, Lucy. Yeah, <laughs> all the uh... yeah, I'm going to start sobbing like a child. <laughs> Not my fault. Oh, don't! I've yeah. done a bit of that already lately. Yeah, so I just want to start. Really, I want to be open, and as you do too, Lucy, as to the very valid reasons that Lucy came on the podcast to start with and why she's chosen to depart it now, which is obviously going to make us all very sad and make the booth a lonely place. But we're also going to chat later about the future of Sober Awkward as well. Yeah, I think it's important to mention here that this isn't the end of Sober Awkward by any means no. whatsoever. It's just the end of my era in it. And I think all things need to change and for them not to become stagnant. And, yeah. uh, you know, you have become a little bit stagnant, that, I yeah. must say. <laughs> Maybe that's, Maybe that's the smell. smell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> have you changed your underwear recently? <laughs> I'll have to have a think about yeah, that. I'm okay. not sure. If like you have I to say, think about it, then... Uh... Well, I was going to say, one of the reasons that I will be leaving is because I'm so bloody busy. So yeah. maybe I haven't changed my underwear lately. Yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> Look, there are lots of reasons. And so I haven't made the decision lightly. And it's been playing on my mind for a while. Um, I mean, one of the most obvious ones is that my life is just so incredibly hectic. Um, I am a single mother, as listeners will know, and I've got two um, teen daughters living with me. And this is a piece of parenting advice I just have to put out there to oh, any great. parents listening. And I just wish someone had told me before, and I'm pretty sure I've probably said it in another episode, is... When you have kids, the teenage years are harder than the younger years. Mm. I wish someone had told me that. It is so all-consuming mentally and physically. Um, you know, when your kids start working and you've got to drive them around, their social life, they're doing their own things and then they're trying to experience a real world. And both of my daughters have gone through some really horrible heartbreak. And my life with my kids is all-consuming and it just becomes more and more so. Not to say it's not rewarding and really enjoyable as well. Yeah. I'm loving being a sober mum. Becoming sober has made me love motherhood like I never, ever did before. And I had to be sober to do this for them. But to be fair, they take up pretty much 
you know, a lot of my time. And I think the fact that, you know, I'll, I'll drive down here. I'm usually 10 minutes late because there's some sort of drama with one of my kids. Mm. My, one of them, I'm, it, it might be something quite small where I've got to um, pick one of them up from work and they finish later or it's some sort of massive drama that's going on in one of their lives. But there's always something, isn't there, Vic? Yeah, there's always something going on with kids. I mean, I know... For you, it's a different stage. And again, it's hard to imagine because my kids are still small, but you're preparing them for life. So you you want to let go of them and you want them to leave the nest. But at the same time, you are going to have much more worry because you've suddenly had these kids that you've had under your control yeah. for so many years. And now you're kind of dropping them out of the tree, as it were, oh, and yeah. trying to do that without causing yourself too much mental torture by worrying about them 24-7. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly that. Um, I mean, I'm even tired today because my younger one, who is 16, was out late last night and I didn't know where she was, didn't know what she was doing, mm. so you can't sleep. And then you wake up in the morning and there's a message from her, like she was trying to get hold of me oh, at a certain time. And I didn't hear the you know, there's always something. And it does, it really takes it out of you. And I feel having been a bit of a, a, a drunk mum for so many years that I need to really focus on them now as Great. a sober mum. And um, so finding the time to do that was, it was about Vic laying everything thing out in front of me, all the different things that I do. I've got my own business, as you know. Becoming sober has really, really helped my business mm-hmm. and made it a lot busier. So that yeah. is using up a lot more time. I do my Sober Awkward episode, uh, podcast every other week and I also work for Lifeline as well. Now, in my drinking days, I probably just would have carried on doing everything because I just didn't have the clarity to work out which was too much. From, yes. It was too much for me. And what do I drop? I can't drop any of it. So I'll just keep drinking and keep going. Mm. And that was what I would do. Whereas I think in sobriety, you can you can feel like things aren't right. And what's good for you? Yeah, this mm. isn't working for me. I'm just so busy. Okay, so what are all the elements of my life? And what can I drop? And what can't I drop right mm. now? And when you're sober, you have the clarity to work that out. And for me, I didn't really have a lot of choice because I've got to earn money and I can't offload my kids to somebody else just yet. Yeah. So, yeah, time-wise, um, things, you know, I was getting quite overwhelmed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, n- rather than drink my way through it, um, it was about saying, okay, I've got to drop a few things and change a few things. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have found that um, <clears throat> time was a massive issue. And then, of course, what happened uh, was I had a... A, a terrible thing happened, which um, I'd been dreading all of my my time over here in Australia, which has been 14 years, was that my my dad, who I'm really, really close to and had just come back from visiting in the UK, had a heart attack at the weekend. And um, it just knocked me for six. And um, I it just, <laughs> this is a really weird thing to say, it, it all turned out wonderfully. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was all ready to fly back, but they got him to a specialist heart hospital and they operated on him super fast. And he was really struggling beforehand anyway. He's feeling so much better now and I'm going to be flying back over there soon, but my life imminently will be backwards and forwards. It's a a choice that we make living in Australia. I mean, Lucy and I have both lived here for a similar amount of time and we all know, like my parents have moved over here now, so I'm lucky, but for my husband whose parents live in England, 
we know that it's a sacrifice that we make is that we we want our children to grow up in this place with the sunshine and the ocean and you know walking to the beach for a surf and we do have this incredible lifestyle over here which is amazing but there is there is downsides you know we miss england some we miss aspects of it don't we we miss mm. our old school friends you know we miss the people that know us really really well and when family members get sick that is especially when we question our own choices like what am i doing here like when i'm so far away from the person that i love who is unwell so yeah as i said lucy's reasons like you know they're truly valid and and, yeah. and fair um how is your dad today yeah he's good he's really good actually he's at home and um, he he was struggling a lot before and we couldn't work out why, but now we know he didn't have enough oxygen going around his body and God, now his yeah. heart, he's sort of upgraded, revamped. Yeah, he's got like um, a stent in, has he? He has, yeah, yeah and um, it could change a lot of things for him. Interestingly enough, Vic, I remember having the conversation with you once, would you ever drink again? Yeah. And I remember you saying to me, it depends. If something really, really awful happened, I might. Yeah, I, I can never say never. I hope I wouldn't. I pretty much know I wouldn't because I couldn't see the purpose in it because I know myself so well. I know that where that ends up, it would make every situation worse. But of course, we don't know what's going to happen. If you know, if one of my children was in an accident or something terrible, you know, I don't know what I would do. But I, I, I think I wouldn't drink. Mm, but you just exactly, and you can't say that you would never because you just don't know. And... No, and I'm not. I'm not going to lie and say that I. Definitely no. I don't know anything about my future. No, exactly. We I don't, hope, none of us I do. have hopes for it, but yeah. whether or not those come true, I don't know. But I always, I remember you saying that to me and thinking, that really, the, the worst thing that could happen to me, obviously, is something happened to my children. But my biggest fear, which has been in my heart for years, has mm. been something happening to my dad. So when it was all playing out the other night, it was surreal because it was like I've been imagining this, dreading yeah. this, yeah. and this is actually happening at the moment. Mm wasn't till two days later that it occurred to me that I didn't think about having a drink. Oh, great. That's so good to hear. What a relief. Yeah. Because you could think, well, that's happened now. And what what is the what is the result of this? Like, you could easily go into a spiral with something like this mentally, go, right, this has happened. I've, no, I'm not in control of everything. I'm in Australia. I can't get home. I've just been there and now I'm back and I've got my kids here. There's a lot going on. Yeah. So I can understand how mentally that you would go because our brains are wired like that and they still are not unwired even though we'd love them to be our our brains do go directly to oh perhaps I should have a drink in this situation mm. but to know that you didn't even go there no, is amazing didn't think of it and it was it happened at about six o'clock at night mm. I've got an off license stroke bottle which is a a 10 minute walk from my house I had to wait for about two hours to find whilst he was in the ambulance until I got the next sort of update from when he was in hospital. Mm. So probably one of the hardest two hours of my entire life. Mm. I could have so easily walked down and got a bottle of wine what do you to have? help did me you put, through. Did you put the fucking kettle on? I did, yeah. My Good. daughter was there with me. My eldest daughter, she was there with me. She was amazing. And you she want was, a cup of tea? She was laughing the next day going, Mum, your hands were shaking. Oh, you were going, come God. on, let's just have a nice cup of tea. <laughs> <Yes>. In <laughs> any crisis in England, that's yeah, what you and, do. And, and even this, Vic, I didn't even go wild and have a tetley because it was too late. Oh, so yeah, because of the caffeine. <laughs> Do you think that one time you could have gone full caffeine? Yeah, exactly. You? No whiskey, yeah. no tetley, no. just a nice cup of chamomile. I think even in an apocalypse, like the end of the world, if yep. the zombies were coming, 
everybody would be in England, sat at a little table with a doily, mm. yeah. pouring out from the pot, wouldn't they? Nice cup of tea. Nice cup of tea. You cannot beat it. The world's ending. Let's just have a nice brew. <laughs> You can imagine it looking out the window with like a yeah. comet hitting the earth. Everyone just sitting there, all lovely. In slow motion, bringing the teacup <laughs> to your lips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tetley. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh. yeah, so they're my practical reasons, just crazy chaos in my life all the time. Mm. Um, but my more sort of deeper reasons for it as well mm. is that my time has come to stop talking about sobriety. Um, which people listening are probably thinking, oh, thank God for that. Yeah. <laughs> Enough of her anyway. <laughs> I wish she'd stop going on and on about it. Same old thing every <laughs> bloody week, telling me what to do. I'm coming round here, banging on my windows. Yeah, it was all that hate mail. I've yeah. decided I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> There's that Lucy dragging a lolly stick up and down my gate. Telling gang. everyone to be sober. <laughs> Shouting it from the rooftops. Oi! No, well, it's, it was interesting, my journey, and we've talked about it on this podcast before about what it is that makes people stop drinking. Mm. And everybody has a different a different a sort of, uh, tool. Um, some people therapy. I know that was something for you, Vic, and other people is finding a sober curious group. Some people like to do it on their own. You did, just yourself and your family for 18 months yep. without shouting it from the rooftops. Um, really strangely for me, because I'm a massive introvert and loner, my, um, my, the thing that made me give up was meeting you, Vic, and uh, on a chance um, um, morning porridge date. And I've um, been stalking you for a while, quite yeah. honestly. <laughs> I've been following you. I don't care. On your drunken zigzag rampages. As far as I'm concerned, you got me sober. Without really doing anything as such, you were just a person that I needed. You got yourself sober. So for somebody who doesn't really need other people in their world, I actually needed someone in Mm. my world. And for somebody who doesn't talk a great deal... I actually needed to talk about it. Yeah. And and that's what I did. Um, and now I feel it's time to stop talking about sobriety, still to talk about it, but not as much. I'm ready to fold it away into a really cute little sort of box, one of those posh-looking boxes you get from a nice jeweller's, yep. um, and tuck it away um, in, a, in a place where I... I know it's there and I value it so mm-hmm. highly and I'm so proud of it and I love it, mm. but I don't need to keep talking about it. Yeah. And I remember in your Lucy sent me a message from the airport, from Heathrow Airport, saying that, you know, telling me what was happening and saying that she didn't want her sobriety to define her other words. And we talk about mm. defining ourselves, don't we, a lot on this podcast yeah. and redefining ourselves and, and what happens to us in, in sobriety. And I totally get what you're saying there. And that's, you know, that's why this podcast has been good because we do differ a lot we, yeah. we're the same person in a lot of ways but in some ways we're very different and like for me so I'm happy for my sobriety to define me now because I've found something I'm so passionate about and because I know that me defining it as, as a sober person and it being such a huge part of me I know that I can continue to help others by me being defined by it and I totally understand by you not wanting to be defined I think a lot of people will go through different stages of sobriety like you have and be like right, this is the time I had my quiet time that first did, 18 yeah. months where I got to know myself and understand what I was doing and then I was able to thought well, I, I can put words together about this. I feel like I have a voice to share and that I can talk to people about it in a way that makes them listen and use my humour and my, my beauty <laughs> the fa- as the face. 
<laughs> oh dear. People have looked me up online and go, oh God, this is disappointing. <laughs> She's not pretty at all. Looks like Les Dawson. Oh you boy, George. Do not look like you don't look like either of them. Yeah, a little bit. No, Sometimes. No, yeah, absolutely. First thing in the morning, not. I do. No. <laughs> Ask my husband. <laughs> yes. Poor man. Poor man. But yeah, I feel like, yeah, that's a, a different thing about us is that you are ready to move on and use your sobriety as something that is part of you. Whereas I'm happy to keep it like 50% of me and my kids 50% of me. And it's about yeah. learning what percentage of you of yourself you want to share and you have shared loads of yourself here and I can understand that you've got to a point where you know you're done sharing yourself you, you know the, the stories there's only so many stories that Lucy and I have mm. I think I've got a few more to tell oh, I yeah I mean I was just telling you one just before we got in here we <laughs> yeah. were like they, these stories just keep going on and on yeah I, you remind me of all my stories so I don't know how the next person that comes after you Lucy whether they're going to be able to remind me as much I think because you remind me of myself so therefore you kind of you're yeah. like a trigger <laughs> We trigger each other. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever you do, Vic, you must never stop talking. I mean, you, you about sobriety because mm. you are helping so many people in what you do and you have got this wonderful way of, of making it humorous. And I think so many of us do need it to be humorous to be able yeah. to get through it. Um, whereas I, I feel, because my own business is about helping single mums. So mm. I, I already do that. I already talk and I help single mums. I just had a single mum on the phone on the way down here looking for support. Nice. So I already do that for single mums and I don't feel that I've got the capacity to right. move in and and keep doing it. Yeah. Having said that, you know, we've put all these episodes out there, Vic, and um, I, I know that they've been helpful to people because I know you're inundated with emails yeah. and messages which yeah. and Vic sends um, real, real goodies through to me to read. Yeah, and I always forward you like the ones I get because I, you know, I do want you to be proud of what you've done here. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I am, and I and I hope that those episodes will stay out there, and people will keep listening, and they will help people I've got to again. stop drinking. I've got again. <laughs> oh, no. oh, take my glasses off! Oh God, stop! Oh. Carry on. You you speak. You speak. Oh. <laughs> Well, um, I, I suppose I was going to say I sort of feel that my work is done as well because there were three goals for me always um, with the podcast. Um, and number one was to help you, Vic, because you, you helped me. Mm. I mean, I would not be sober today if it wasn't for you. It's as simple as that. Um, and you wanted to start a podcast. You'd been talking about it and we'd had chats about it. And I yeah. came to you and said, hey, well, why don't we just record our chats? Because... I think they're quite cool and I think they could benefit other people. Yeah. So that was my first goal was to help you. And I believe that Sober Awkward has been really great for what you're doing and um, it's brought more and more sober people together. So I feel that goal's achieved. Um, I wanted to help other people as well. Um, and I know from the messages we've been getting that we have helped other people with this podcast. Yeah. And it just goes to show how talking about it and listening and feeling like you're not alone is so hugely helpful, really. Um, and I just wanted to do it because it was something that I could enjoy doing. That's something that was a sober pastime instead of drinking. Yep. And I have always enjoyed doing them. Yeah. But then you get to the point where you're just so busy that you yeah. struggle to put the time into them and then you feel you're not doing them justice. So I have achieved the goals that I set out. Yes, totally. You with have. it. Yeah. But um, things always change, and, and I my guess goal, that's my goal. Lu- my goal, Lucy, was that we'd get a bit more closer. 
In, in sexually, yeah, like a, develop a relationship, a lesbian relationship. Yeah, yeah that was my hope. Well, you should have said If I was going to write down my three hopes, tonight's the night. Okay, so what's the <laughs> what are the other two? Dare I ask that the booth doesn't smell, <laughs> <laughs> and it'll all be over soon. Yeah, and uh, I get biscuit every week. That's it. That's a my biscuit three every week. I yeah. throw one at you into your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm interrupting you. Go again. Um, no, I mean. Those really are my reasons. And as you can see, there are so many of them. Mm. And it's just about letting listeners know that, yeah, it wasn't something that I decided to do just like that. Oh, I'm over this. It's a whole combination of things, um, practical and emotional as well, that have played into it. Um, So, yeah, I am after this episode. I'm calling it a day, but I'm sure I'll be back. I hope so, yes. You can be a a guest host occasionally. That would be nice. Yeah. Whenever you feel like you've got something to say about it, you can come on. See you next week. Yeah, see you next week, same Um, time. (laughs) But I think we wanted to talk on this one about a little bit about how everyone's different and, you know, how some people do want to talk about it and they want to keep talking about it. And... I mean, when we, whenever I go out with you, Vic, if we go to a restaurant, we always end up talking to the waitress or the barman about the fact that we don't drink and we always manage to strike up a conversation. So you can bring your sobriety up everywhere as long as you're not judgmental or telling anybody what to yeah, do. Not, pre- not in a preachy way because yeah. no one responds well to that, do they? No, they don't. But I think it is really important for everybody to keep talking about sobriety yeah. in some form. Yeah. Um, not maybe to the extent that I am. Um, I do it on, on this podcast. But yeah, keep people need to keep talking but at the same time if you feel that you don't want to talk about it Mm. you don't have to talk about it and if you want you know you can come back to it it's whenever you need to I think when you're struggling you need to come back and talk to people don't you and there is Cuppa where you can do that which is Vic's group so that's a really good space I think it's important to say here how you know at the beginning Lucy was how many months sober were you when we started this podcast I was about six months I don't think you were even that four months yeah when did you get sober October uh, September yeah, the it was about six 17th. months then. Yeah, yeah. About, we started in the April, yeah. So it was about six months sober. So that is a very sort of wobbly time for most sober people, I would say. And for you to say, right, I want to talk about this, and at that crucial time, is what has made this podcast so great is because we were going through everything that you were going through. I mean, I'd done my time, do you know what I mean? We, I was three years sober already, so I knew the tools. But for you, it was like a live in insight every time we met into what was going on with you and your honesty and I have to say it was super brave of you to do that so early on Mm. my voice is going again yeah (laughs) and being open and honest without shame that was the key to it you spoke about your drinking in a non-shameful way you said this is what happened to me I did this I fell over drunk I jumped in front of a car I slept with him I did this drank lighter fluid (laughs) we always like to bring that one up as often as we can I mean, it's coming from me who did drink petrol yeah. once as well. Uh, well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the only reason I could come out and say it all was because I had you by my side. Yeah. And that really, for me, the podcast was just really recording the reality of what was going in, on in both our lives at yes. the time. I had found you, you had found me. And being able, yeah, being able to talk and laugh and to have someone just to say, hey, yeah. I've actually got a story which is better than that, rather yeah. than looking <laughs> yeah. at you as if, oh my God, you're the worst person in the world, <laughs> yeah. was exactly what I needed. And really yeah. all we did was we recorded the experience that we were going through with our friendship and yep. with your support to me getting sober. Yep. And I know that a lot of the messages that have come through, people have sort of talked about the connection that we've had. And I know that people 
it makes people realize that to make a connection with another sober person, to go through it together, is a, can be a really important tool yep. to get you through. And that is why this podcast, a lot of it has been about trying to connect people yep. so that you can find your Vic um, out there who can yep. help you give up. And also the authenticity of our friendship. We never knew each other drunk. We've never met each other drunk. So we've never had that false bonding that people think they get when they're drunk. Oh, yeah, I made a good mate down the pub last night who you never speak to again or never call again. Like We have an authentic connection because we are two sober women going through similar things. So therefore, it's... God, my voice is really wobbly. Therefore, <laughs> it's re- more real. Do you know it what I mean? It is more yeah. real. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, although we've got so many similarities of our drinking days, but... I think everybody does have yeah. similarities from their drinking days. I know if you put something onto Facebook, Vic, about, hey, what have you done that you're ashamed of? Yes. People bring up all these stories yeah. and they're so similar in their craziness and their in how outlandish they are and the fact that we've all done these terrible things that we're so ashamed of. But they pull us together and they bond us and they yeah. make the shame go away because we don't feel so alone. And they're not terrible things. They're things that we did when we were under the influence of a you know a very strong drug. They were terrible. They were some of them were terrible. Yeah. <laughs> some of them waking up with that guy with the wooden teeth. That was one of them. That was one. Have I told you about that one? Yeah, we have had yeah, the wooden yeah. teeth. The wooden teeth. That was you know that was terrible. Ivan the teeth. His name was Ivan. <laughs> Ivan the terrible. Yeah. Oh my god. No, I don't know his name. Are, are you sure he wasn't Ed Sheeran? <laughs> Might have been. <laughs> I keep seeing Ed Sheeran pop up like on my phone and on TV. Like, <laughs> there he is. Really go out. Well, funny enough, I've snogged quite a few famous people. <laughs> Les Dawson? No. No, I had a child with him. Boy though. <laughs> no, I've snogged. Um, I snogged Michael Hutchins. Very, oh, really? Yeah. I was in the audience of TF, TG, TFI Friday, mm. remember that? And he was he was singing, yeah, and I snogged him and I, I kissed uh, Robbie Williams as well once. Oh, I'm jealous Do you want to that. touch my arm I now like so I've touched jealous. famous people? Yeah, be jealous. Was it a, was it a snog? No, nah, pretend, I'll say snog, but it, I tried to get the tongue in, but he the mouth was fully sealed. <laughs> he wasn't having, <laughs> wasn't having it, no. I was oh, going for it. Oh, I bet it was a good look, Vic. I bet it was too. <laughs> Probably really hammered, blotchy, falling over all over the place. Oh, give us a kiss. Shove that tongue in. I will get it in. I will. <laughs> oh, God, how embarrassing. Yeah. So it's all of those things. Like, you know, Lucy and I have had a very honest and open relationship with together and with the listeners. And the, the messages that I get all the time are, I feel like I've got two new best mates. Mm, yeah. And that's what we are. And that's and that's why, you know, no matter what, I'm going to feel sad, but I, I totally understand Lucy's reasons. Um, and it's also something else we could discuss here, Lucy, as well, is, is how for sober people, I think change can feel a little bit unnerving because we get stuck in our little comfort zones, don't mm. we? We know what we like. We like our cup of tea. We like to sit and watch our Netflix in the evening. We like, you know, we like to stay within our limits because we sometimes can be a bit afraid of going out into those environments where we feel triggered or we don't want to be. And that can make us feel anxious and remind us of our drinking days and all of those cravings and all that sort of thing. So for some reason, even though I totally understand everything that you want to do and, and the changes you're making, it still change feels h- hard for me. 
Yeah, it does. Yeah. It takes you out of your comfort zone and that's your sober space. Certainly having come through the pandemic as well, where we were all within our houses, no one was traveling. Looking back for me, because I've already traveled to the UK and back, I've taken the girls over to Tasmania. I'm about to fly back to the UK again. I've got so much change happening in my yeah. world now. Mm. And already I'm kind of looking back every now and then. I never want to go back to those days of the pandemic ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah I am looking back fondly on them because there was no change there mm. was no room for change mm. and it was such a safe space to be in yes that is safe so, it's almost not a reality though is it no it's not no. but for me the podcast not happening is a big thing but it's also a small thing in the grand scheme of yes. change that's yeah. happening in my world at the moment yeah everything is my my, my eldest daughter's going to be living in the UK soon so I'll she'll be flying the let the nest I'll be flying backwards and forwards you know my dad's health is is uh, not great so we don't know what's going to be happening there and the change is so extreme mm-hmm. at the moment and yeah it does make you feel quite uncomfortable yeah and it's not always change that you want no but you have to deal with it and but- and it takes you away from the comfortable feeling and the comfortable space where you are happily sober yeah there's a saying here that, which is uh, there is nothing permanent except change. So, of course, we don't move on if we don't change. Mm. We we stagnate, like you said, like the booth has stagnated. And if we don't change, then things people will lose interest. And Yeah, but it is like next level sobriety, isn't it? Like the first level of sobriety is just taking it really easy, yeah. finding your safe space and just staying in it, whatever that takes. For you, Vic, it was 18 months of not telling people for me, um, it was during the pandemic, so I was just staying in the safe space that was my home and I didn't have to make any big decisions because there were none to make. Yep. Um, and that's sobriety to start with. It's just about you know really, really keeping it easy and simple. But then you can't do that forever. You've got to change gear yep. and you've got to make changes. And to be able to do those changes, even if they're not good ones, while staying sober, yep. that's just another layer of your sobriety right there yeah so you've got to get out and do it and I guess that's where I'm at now Um, I've just got to keep going with all these crazy changes in the world yeah and try to do it without drinking and you've got to step out of the comfort zone in life I think you know we could we could stay safe and stay home and do all these things that we've been doing for the last two years but life's about living isn't it It at the end of the day we've got to live our lives and we've got to live it to a full potential and without drinking we can definitely achieve that can't we and depends how you want to achieve achieve it but I don't think you're really a living life unless you are stepping out of those comfort zones I think it's dangerous actually staying in your comfort zone for a lot of people because it just means they close themselves off and isolate themselves yeah and it might feel comfortable without those changes but actually you're never going to get anywhere you're never going to grow you're never going to sort of evolve as a, as a human being which I do think all humans I've learned in sobriety are capable of evolving I never realized that before I thought we were just all stayed the same forever but I've definitely evolved and I've watched you evolve, which mm. has been a really amazing thing to watch. Um, you being so vocal about your sobriety early on, do you think, and doing this podcast and everything, do you think it helps you, like, in your sobriety to do this podcast? Oh, it definitely did, really. It was like a, a revelation talking about sobriety. Um, I would compare it to finding religion. Yeah. 
um, that's what sobriety is like. You discover a new way of life. It's like seeing the light. Yeah. I know that sounds extreme, but no, that no, is, I totally agree with you. That is true sobriety. You have no idea it's there until you truly find it. And it's that moment when it clicks. It's not the lead up to it, is it? That moment no. you're talking about isn't within that lead up and that struggle. It's that moment where you think, okay, I've got this now. It's that click, and that's all about timing. And that will be that moment where you go. Right, I know, I thank God, or, or if we believed in God, it would be God, but it could be mm. a curtain rail, yeah. <laughs> whatever you believe in. But cup of tea. A cup of tea. <laughs> in that moment that you realise that you've clicked and you understand sobriety and you think, oh my gosh, I never need to drink again, that's that moment you're talking yeah. about where you see the light and you'll go, oh, thank God. What a yeah. relief. What a relief. That's right. And and it's such a momentous thing. And yeah. it isn't necessarily something that just happens one day in one moment. It just dawns upon you and you just keep life just starts getting better and better and better. Yeah. And I know my three month mark was a particularly difficult time because it was around Christmas and New Year. I'd say around four months, so about two months before we started recording, I was starting to really so I was just full of wow moments. I can't yeah. believe this. I can't believe that. And I had you to talk to about it. Hmm. And that was great. And I also had you to talk to in my really difficult moments mm-hmm. as well. Um, and then sort of putting it on air, as it were, and sharing it with other people was a huge accountability yeah. for me. Well, we didn't know there'd be so many listeners. It wasn't at the no. beginning. <laughs> it just became even bigger accountability in the end. Yeah. Didn't it? And I think that's the interesting thing about this podcast is we genuinely never set out for this to be a big thing. We were just like, let's just record our chats because we were both enjoying them so much. And we were we would talk to each other and bounce off each other and just go, God, that yeah, that's absolutely right. That's so true. That is how it feels. And I wonder why we feel like that. We feel like it because of this. Because we're and interested then, in it. Yeah. We're interested in it as as a topic, not only because we've been through it, but we find the whole world of alcohol. It's absolutely fascinating. Mm, Every facet it of it, isn't it? It really is. And I and I could sit and talk talk to you about it forever. So well, come on then, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Where am I going? If we could talk about it forever, then what the fuck are you leaving for? Jeez. I think it's time we talk about something else. Okay, yeah, fair enough. We'd start talking about porridge recipes or something <laughs> yeah. more often. But yeah, I mean, it just made, for me, it, talking about it made it all fall into place. Um, and sort of having people listen to us has been really, really rewarding. I just feel that I spent 25 years in such a shit fight caused by drinking. Mm. And I'll never get those years back again. None of us will. So we can sit and we can stew and we can feel annoyed that we drunk away 25 years of our lives, Vic, or we can talk about it and share our stories and help others. Yeah. Because there's no doubt that if we can take a really crap time in our lives and talk about it and help others from that then it's a really empowering feeling and it turns those years of drinking into something worth more worthwhile and that is what I feel this podcast has done for me totally yeah I mean if that's you know that's a huge achievement isn't it just to even just from the emails I get I know I talk about them a lot but like those are what keep me going you know I question myself sometimes I question all the things I talk about we don't walk away from here you know we used to get the podcast fear afterwards didn't we yeah. we didn't get it towards the last <laughs> few episodes but like we used to drive away from here oh, going yeah. oh my god what the fuck podcast hangover yeah, wasn't the hangover it? yeah but then we realised that once the emails start coming in people saying I relate to this you have got me sober we get people emailing mm. 10 times a week saying your podcast has made me sober and that's why this podcast has been so brilliant because 
We didn't realise that when we started. Our little podcast, we thought it'd be five people listening to it. And it helps so many. You know, we can feel so proud that we made something so brilliant, Lucy. And I have to thank you for that. I could not have done it without you. Mm, well, yeah. yeah, I know. It was just, uh, it just all fell into place, didn't it? Really? It did, it did, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a, a tough a tough t- week for me, but I've I feel like... I'm going to pull it together today and like just feel the joy, Lucy, because I, I am thankful <laughs> and joyful that we did La! this together. <laughs> no, I've got to stop blubbing because it's silly. Because it is no, true. It's, not, it's, it's just not something silly to be to be. Don't I'm going to start crying again now? Even after I'm <laughs> stopping blubbing, <laughs> I can't stop. But I just think it's important to celebrate you and what you did so early in your sobriety to help so many people. It is something that you can take to your deathbed which I hope is a long time away, <laughs> and say I did something really good here, because yeah. you did. Yeah. yeah, put all those all those awful stories out there. But, yeah. you know, maybe when I'm old and grey, I can listen and think, God, did I really do that? Well, you can I'd remember about <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you can listen back. <laughs> and I mean, my kids haven't listened to it. They've always been so proud of me doing it. Yeah. Um, always encouraged me to carry on going, because even when I was struggling time-wise and I did talk to them, oh, I don't know if I've got time for it. They were like, you've got to keep doing it, Mum. It's brilliant what you're doing. They were always yeah. so proud of me doing it. But I don't think they've listened to that many no so they'd probably be a bit shocked <laughs> i think i need we need to have like a warning at the beginning because there's some that my mother-in-law listens to and my mum and i just think i just do not want them to know that stuff no no, no exactly but it's, but it's only for like five people that we'd probably know on one hand isn't it that we just go please don't listen yeah, to this episode this is not yeah. for you there, there are some I don't really need you there's to know some this. really awful things yeah. in them but it was those it was worth it because i think the awful things are what have really helped people because yeah. they're like well i am not the worst they are the worst yeah. <laughs> yeah. they are the worst people in the world <laughs> Oh, we don't care. We're sitting here laughing about it. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, we, we everything moves on and I guess that's uh, that's what we're doing now. But we've got loads of really great things. Well, you've got loads of really great things coming up, haven't oh, you? Oh, I've got so... to tell you about my show. I haven't told you about the show, have I? No. Oh, God, Lucy, I don't know what I've done. I've said yes. <laughs> I said yes. No. It's about stepping out of my comfort zone, exactly what we're talking about. A friend of mine, Danny Carr from How I Quit Alcohol, she's married to the blues guitarist um, Ash Grumwald, and we're putting together a show at the Byron Bay Theatre, and it's going to be a bit like the vagina monologues, but about people's sobriety stories. So there'll be people telling, getting up and telling their story with some oh, music. God. And you've got to get up and tell your yeah, story. Yeah, I'm going to so get up. brave. I am so brave, Lucy. I'm absolutely... You know I'm good in here, in the booth. It's just the two of us. There's Alan out there skulking around like a weirdo. <laughs> We just ignore him. Watching porn. Watching porn, yeah. <laughs> uh, I hope he didn't hear that. Um, <laughs> no, he's busy. He's busy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, I can't remember what I'm saying now. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to... No, the show, the yes, vagina the show. monologues, so, yeah, the I'm sober monologues. Here, I'm fine, but in front of people, which is why I do my Toastmasters course every other Tuesday, is to learn how to get up and speak in front of people because I'm shit at it. My legs start go wobbly. I actually don't have a mental reaction. I have a physical thing that goes on. My face goes red, my knees go wobbly and my hands shake. So I've been practising at Toastmasters how to do it because I feel like I could do it eventually if I got the hang of it. But the problem is then you get to know the people at Toastmasters and you don't care so much. Mm. So it would just be a new 
new audience, so I'm shitting myself I about it. I think you're going to be absolutely brilliant. <coughs> and of course, you've got your book going to be coming out fairly soon, so you're going to have to get up and start talking to people about that as well. I know, so I do need some practice. That's why I said yes. I thought, right, I need to get over this fear. I need to step out of my comfort zone and I need to give this a go. Even if it's shit, at least I would have tried. So you'll there's be, going to be, be music. I know you will I'm be. I'm looking forward to it and I'm looking forward to hearing the stories of other people and I think it will be really fascinating. So if you want to go and get tickets for that, I think it's at the Byron Centre, I think is where you have to go and get tickets. And when's tickets. that? It's, I think it's the 16th of November. Okay. 15th or 16th, 15th maybe. So, I mean... I think it's important for people to know that I am stepping back, but you are still foot on the accelerator going for it with this sobriety thing to continue helping yeah. people, aren't I just, you? I just feel like it's my, my calling. I feel yeah. like it's my passion to to get that message out there to more people. Because th- do you know what, Lucy? I don't think people know that not drinking is an option. Mm. And if I can say to people, look, not drinking is an option for you and it's going to be so much better and you're going to be so much happier. And because I didn't know it was an option growing up, I I didn't didn't know there was a choice that I could not drink. I thought I had to drink to fit in, to do this, to do everything that I had to do in life. I thought I had to drink to be liked and I thought I had to drink to fit into my family and all of these other things. No one grabbed hold of me by the collar and shook me and said, you don't need to do this. And that's what I needed. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done all these shitty things and, you know, slept around and got injuries and, you know, venereal diseases and everything else. Mm. I would have just had a like more quality of my life as we said earlier you only live once and I do feel like you there was 25 years that was pretty much a shit fight I loved that phrase you used earlier it was a shit fight Mm. it was just a fucking mess (laughs) where I was sort of pretending to everybody to be okay whereas in fact I was a mess and I burning the candles at both ends for a very long time and it it affected my mental health and I feel that I have that message to bring and I want to bring it in a way that brings other people joy but also brings me joy Mm. as soon as it's not fun Lucy I'll stop simple (laughs) as that if I'm enjoying myself everyone out there make it fun for her keep entertaining her yeah keep it fun (laughs) She needs to be entertained. I do mean that, though. If it's not fun for me and I feel Mm. like it's a drag and I have to, you know, like to the point where you've got to and I feel like I don't want to do it anymore, then I won't. Mm. I'll stop. Mm. And whether that means... You're in a really good space, aren't you, though, Vic, as well, with being sober. And that is what I've really learned. As I said earlier in the show, it's about saying, okay, I can feel my overwhelm. I can feel it. I can feel overwhelm. Okay, so why do I feel overwhelmed? Okay, let me just get all the elements of my life and put them in front of me and and where is the problem and how do I sort it out? I'd put my three children in front of me. (laughs) That's it, all of them. Get rid of them. (laughs) The three elements. In sobriety, you can can sort a problem out. Yeah, you can Um, think it through. You can sort it where instead of just carrying on drinking and carrying on going, Mm. which is where you reach burnout. And just another point, Vic, as well, and to anybody listening, because I think one of the most important points I want to get across, along with the other millions that I've made during um, all of our episodes, but I think one of the most important is for anybody with kids, however old they are, Mm. please don't ever think it's too late to give up Mm. because they've already seen you as a pissed parent, because they're in their teen years and there's no point. Vic is absolutely right. 
if someone had told us earlier on that we had a choice, at least we could have made that choice or at least we might have given it some consideration as we carried on drinking. Yeah, we may have it. stopped earlier. But I have given my two girls a choice and their later teenage years and they have never been prouder and neither of them are big drinkers. We don't have alcohol in the house. I'm not the drunk mum and it just was never too late. And I just want other people out there who might be in a similar position to me Hmm. whatever age your kids are and even if you don't have kids sobriety is wonderful but please don't think just because your kids are older there's no point you should have done it sooner yep. just do it because you, you'll love it and they'll love it as well and your kids look up to you they mm. look up to you and they're always going to mimic what you do no matter whether you realise it or not um, and course. your kids now see an example. You're leading by example and saying, look, this this was something that happened and now I've changed it. Not only are you teaching them about alcohol, but you're also teaching them about change, what we spoke about. It's like, look, people are capable of change. I've changed and I've done it for you and I've done it for myself and here I am. Mm. And what more of a better example is that? Yeah, and to, for, for me to go and talk to people about it and help other people about it, they see it as something quite cool. They yeah. see sobriety as, as something really good, a really positive thing, even though all their mates are drinking and doing goodness knows what else. And, of course, they, they're, they're not angels. They yeah. are my daughters, after all. Yeah. Um, but... I like to think that we are trailblazing it and that it will become cooler and cooler. And I think with you at the helm, Vic. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll drive this boat, super baby. Super cool, super cool. Um, it, it really is a, a good thing to do. When Sober is not boring. No, we don't mean to be like, we're not going to preach about it. That's what, kind of not what we do, but we're not going to be like, you know... Stalin or Fidel Castro or, or you know, Che Guevara <laughs> on our motorbikes storming well, through the be. countryside. We just want to give a message in a way that's helpful to people and that's all it is and I think we are capable of doing that in different mm. ways and that's why we're going to keep on doing yeah. what we do. And I think if anything comes up with, I mean, Vic's got plans. Vic's got some good plans for this show. Yeah. And, um, yeah, she's going to uh, be telling you about them at the end of the episode. Um, but uh, what are you going to do, Vic? Rock backwards and forwards in the booth on your own for a few days? Or? Well, yes. Well, it's difficult to know what to do, isn't it? Like, I did rock and back and forwards in the booth <laughs> for a few days. I did that for about a week. I didn't really have any idea of where to turn. Um, I thought perhaps I could do the podcast on my own, Lucy. But then... You know, I don't really like the sound of my own voice very much. And would you who, have a couple what would of I say? characters and different voices? Oh, hello. Oh, what's your name? Actually, funny story. The, the, the best conversation I ever had on the phone, I didn't realise this. This is ridiculous. But I phoned up a number and I was going, hello. And the other person was going, hello. I was like, how are you? How are you? And it took me far too long to realise that it was just my voice coming back Echoing at me. Coming back yeah. at you. Bloody best conversation I've ever had, I'll tell you. I thought, what a nice person. <laughs> Was that recently? Bye, bye. Yeah. <laughs> it went on for far too long. We were saying about damaging brain cells, yeah, weren't yeah. we, in the last one? That How was... are you? How are you? Fine, fine. Good, good. Nothing wrong with my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with my brain. <laughs> Nothing wrong with my brain. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, I did wonder what I was going to do. And there's also I thought about, well, maybe I could carry it on and interview people on the sober scene. Mm. 
you know, you know, you know, we love our lovely William Porter and Sober Dave we had on. But also I get really nervous interviewing people. I didn't want to be nervous coming in here and doing that. And also mm. there's so many podcasts out there where they interview guests. And I just thought I, that is not what this podcast is about. This is about people's stories and about our truth and honesty. It's actually not about other people's stories. It's about telling our story, which is like everything I do to to create a bigger narrative, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, I did rock it backwards and forwards in the booth on my own, <laughs> which is probably why it smells. Um, oh. and, I, and I had to rack my brain. I wanted to continue what we're doing, but perhaps from a different angle. I did consider Alan Lucy, but the most intellectual conversation I've ever had with him was about a lifetime supply of pop tarts. <laughs> anyway, I'm not sure he would enter the booth. It's just for locking us in, I think. Yes, I think he gets a weird satisfaction from it. It's a bit like a kidnapper. <laughs> it's a bit like a kidnapper. In fact, I haven't looked. There's, only, there's probably some hidden doors in this hidden studio. Cameras. <laughs> hidden cameras and hidden doors. We'll find a room with just our faces plastered all over it. Weird. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because when we first started the podcast, we weren't in the booth. We were in the back room. Yes, we were in the back room with, with the, those pissy mattresses. And yeah, and the, the microphones were balanced on a box of fish food. Yeah, we're a bit high quality now, haven't we? Yeah, and I can remember that massive Huntsman spider yeah. one evening <laughs> running across the wall. Oh, those are the days, Lucy. <laughs> we're, all mod- we're all modern now. Yeah, we're all modern. We've got a lot of slick equipment, haven't we? Yeah. Um, well, I did speak to friends about it as well because I was like talking to my friends going, oh, no, Lucy's leaving the podcast. What do I do? And the same phrase came up. I'm not joking. Everybody kept saying it to me and I thought I had to write it down. It was when one door closes, another door opens. Mm. I, it Literally five times in one day, some people said that to me, different people. And I was like, right, I need to concentrate on the positives. Like we've done such an amazing job here. We've enjoyed ourselves and this door is closing. And I have to think of a way of, of, of opening another one in a positive way and keep it going. Um, so, yeah, another door has opened, is what I will say, which is a lovely door. Um, da, da, da. And what's yeah. in it, Vic? Well, the good news is that I'm going to be carrying on Sober Awkward. I need Alan to add a, a sound jingle there, but he could probably forget it. It'll just be a blank space. Yeah, it'll just be a blank space. And we'll, I'll talk through it. <laughs> I'm going to be passing the sober, awkward torch that Lucy lit onto another fantastic human. I don't want to give too much away. I think I want to leave a little bit of intrigue here so that you guys can tune in to the next episode and find out who it is. But what I will say is that it's a sober, curious man, which is going to be a completely different angle for sober, awkward, which is ace because he's bloody brilliant and I love him he's a mate of mine who's actually been sober curious since his wife got pregnant over a year ago she's since had the baby and he is just a brilliant laugh he's English and he is lovely I have to get him out of his mankini that's a clue of the sort of terrible (laughs) English humour that you're going to be forced to listen to and carry on Um, but yeah he does he is partial to a mankini Lucy Oh, nice. And I'll tell you, there'll be much more interesting photos to accompany yes, the yeah, podcast. Yes, a bit of eye candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucy and I think we've shaped an amazing toolkit over the last 30 episodes of Sober Awkward. And we will hope you will learn to lean on those in times that you need, you know, if, if you're craving a drink or any time during your sobriety, you can use those. Um, and I think this guy will help us carry that on and he's going to help us create brilliant content that helps you with your relationship with booze so don't worry lucy i found someone just as funny as you oh 
gosh, I'll be in the shadows pretty soon. Crying. But uh, look, I have met him and he is brilliant. I met him once and for about an hour and he did have me crying with laughter in that time. So there's no shortage of of stories. And I really like the fact that that you're getting a guy on. Uh, We've had lots of guys contact us. um, And we we thought because we were two mums, it was just going to be mums and women listening. But it isn't. It's a really mixed bag of people listening and loads of guys, which we're really pleased about. But it will be good to have a guy's perspective on it Mm. as well. And especially a new dad, because I know when we spoke to both of our guests, they both said to us that when they when they're drinking really spiralled out of control, it was when they became new dads. Um, So, yeah, it'd be great to have all that raw emotion from a new dad on here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, tired dad. I have to drag him into the booth. Yeah. And meet Alan. He hasn't met Alan yet. See how that goes. Yeah. So it's really exciting. And we hope that I know that sober people, they're going to hate. You're all going to hate that Lucy is leaving. I know that. And I did consider finishing the podcast. But I think a breath of fresh air, Mm. you know, it. He's going to be a lovely breath of fresh air, which is what we need in here because it does smell a little bit of old man's <laughs> pants. But um, it's just going to be a change. And I know sober people, we don't deal with change very well, which is why we talked about this today. But, you know, we've got to change. We've got to move forward. Lucy's leaving, so I'm going to do something else. And I'm sure you're all going to love it. And I'm excited. Yeah, and I definitely hope that you can use the last 30 episodes that Vic and I have poured our hearts into as your stepping stones to sobriety. They'll always be out there for people to listen to yeah. and to listen to again if you need to. I might find myself listening, Vic, if, yeah, I, you might if do, I come yeah. across hard times. I listen back sometimes if I'm struggling. Yeah. I listen to our episodes. It's good to have a listen. And, um, you know, they're just, well, don't worry, we're not taking them down. They're there to help people. So listen and o- over and over again if you need to. Soak us in like you used to with alcohol pop gulp down the tricks and tips until you feel queasy yeah (laughs) um i really feel like i've covered everything i wanted to say and delved into all i have felt so far in my sobriety so you have yeah and i've probably gone over things several times um and you're probably all thinking god if she says that again i'll bloody kill her but i guess some things are important to me and i wanted to get the point out there but i hope that it will help you discover what lies beneath those layers of booze to help you find the authentic you do you think you found the authentic you lucy yeah, kind of. Some yeah, days. I do. I do. Th- oh, definitely. Yeah, I definitely think I have uh, a very different person to who I was two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Sobriety's changed everything. There is not one part of my life that hasn't been affected positively by sobriety. Well, there's a message for you all yes. out there. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to give Lucy a little present. Whoa. I got one each. It's become a bit of a tradition this <laughs> for us with presents from me, I think. So I had to carry on the tradition. Oh, what is it? Oh. It's all wrapped up. At least it's not like a um, one of those ones that it's we not give a fart to each machine other. It <laughs> takes, uh, <laughs> or it takes ages to unwrap. Oh, little, little... Um, Little bracelets. Yes. Oh, they're gorgeous. I was just wondering, I don't know where my other little bracelet is. Oh, they were made is. to fall off, though, these. I'm giving Lucy and I a little, oh. it's like a little rainbow bracelet because we're oh, big supporters of the LGBTQ yeah. community, yeah. aren't we, Lucy? No, and I thought that represented really that nicely. And it's all stones to make you feel relaxed. 
text. Oh, I need that right now in my yes, life. Yes, that's what Vic. I thought. I'd, I really do. It's made by so, a local lady. And Vic and I are hoping that now that we're not doing the podcasts, we're yeah. going to have more time to catch up and... And, and just be mates. Just be mates. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, God, this is a hard bit. <laughs> I'm going to go. You're going to have to speak. <laughs> well, I guess I just want to say to all the people who have um, taken the time to listen, I feel honoured that you've listened yeah. um, to my stories and to Vic's stories. I want to thank Vic <laughs> because... If it wasn't for this, this woman sitting opposite me, I wouldn't be sober now. You've changed my entire life. So just just remember that if you are struggling with sobriety, just get onto Kappa, which is Vic's platform. Find somebody near you and connect with them because they other people have the power to change your life. You just need to find that one person. You need to it. find yeah. one person. So just get onto Kappa and have a look. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean you're going to end up sat in a booth every other week no. talking about sobriety with somebody and having, like, goodness knows how many people listening. This was just an unusual situation that just fell into place yeah. and just helped everybody. It was meant to be, yeah. yeah. So I want to thank the listeners and I want to thank you, Vic. Thank you, Lucy. I'm going to miss you. I really am. I hope that, you know, everything works out for you with your kids and your dad well, you're and not everything. getting rid of me. I know, but I'm just saying, like, I hope, you know, I wish you luck, really, in everything that you do. And thank you for sharing your journey at such a crucial time because that's what's made this podcast so good. And you're welcome back any time. And I hope, you know, whatever you do, you you are happy and well and that you keep, you know, keep keep up your sobriety because you know I've watched you grow over the last 2 years and it's just been an absolute pleasure to to see your progress and you know your eyes change from looking a little bit sad just to being sparkly and happy like that's what more could you want you know you've yeah. given us a gift here and I I appreciate you being part of this and and you know you'll you'll be thoroughly missed I wonder if Alan's got anything to say to you Alan if you've got anything to say to Lucy Alan oh god where's he gone Alan, come here. I think he's... Oh, we're locked in. Oh, he's locked in. <laughs> <laughs> Push it again. No, we're locked in, Vic. Alan. Help! Help! <laughs> oh, this isn't a great end, is it? <laughs> Where's he gone? Alan. Oh, <laughs> oh no, where is he? <gasps> Call him oh, over. He... Let's oh, get him gone. in here. he's gone. Alan, is there any... It's Lucy's last episode of the podcast there. Is there anything you want to say to her? Um, could you just put the rubbish in the bin on the way out, please? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh charming. You can charming always rely right on up him. to the very end. You can always rely on him. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, thank you, listeners, for listening to my stories. Good luck to every single person with your sober journey. And Vic, thank you for giving me the greatest gift of my life. That's okay. Which was my sobriety. <laughs> Time to go, I think, while we go and break down outside. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news today, but can't wait to introduce Hamish to you. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sober Awkward podcast. If alcohol is affecting your life in a negative way, if you're struggling to moderate or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for help. Contact your local doctor, a therapist, or connect with your local AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yes, go onto Facebook and just search Drunk Mummy, Sober Mummy, the group. 
Lucy and I both agree that even though this journey can be awkward, it's definitely worth it. And if we can do it, you can too. For more support on sobriety, head to Vic's website, drunkmummysobermummy.com. And Lucy runs an online space to support and inspire single mums. Find out more at beanstockmums.com.au. Finally, if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to follow, subscribe, review and share it with your mates. Don't make it sound like they have to, though. No, they do have to. I'm not doing all this for nothing. Lucy. No.